Hello, accountability seekers, would-be authors, and will-be authors. We have a special show for you today because we are featuring someone who's been called the best coach around, the best book coach around, and that is Jenny Nash, who is also a friend of ours. Uh, You know, and Grant, she's someone who's a published author of many books on the traditional side, as you know, and she also has published her own books, and she kind of runs in our publishing circles. Uh, I was thinking that I first met Jenny through Dan Blank, actually, who we had on the show about two years ago already talking about heart-centered marketing, which is a show that is well worth going back and listening to. And today we get to talk to Jenny about the importance and value of book coaching, starting with how to even think about it and how to hire someone, um, you know, because that's her main thing these days. And she has this incredible coaching program called Author Accelerator, which trains coaches and is basically a book coaching program for book coaches that has incredible results. Uh, and I know that from experience because She Writes Press has a partnership with Author Accelerator to coach some of our authors. And I love her stable of coaches. Uh, so Grant, I'm curious, have you ever used a book coach yourself? I actually haven't, and that might be a fault of mine, but I've always liked to work solo on my books. I did do a webcast with Jenny a couple of years ago, a nano prep webcast, and I was I was very impressed by both her methodical approach to writing a novel and the framework she used. And I was also just impressed by her, by her knowledge and her very open, generous style. So how about you? Have you had a coach? Yes, actually. Uh, especially, I mean, honestly, for all of my books, I've sort of dabbled in coaching. I've brought them in on and off. But for Right on Sisters, which was my last book, I brought the coach on really, really early. And the reason for that was because I felt nervous about the book. I think I've shared this on the podcast before that it was more intellectually rigorous than anything I'd done prior to that. Mm. Uh, and I felt like I needed a book coach for two reasons. And one was that I wanted someone to pressure test my arguments and kind of hold my feet to the fire around, you know, was what I was saying making sense and accurate and what I was meaning to say. And then the other, which is huge and really oftentimes is the purpose of book coaching is accountability. Because as you know, Grant, it's one thing to want to write a book and another to actually write a book. And, you know, people say that writing is the easy part and marketing and selling is the hard part, which I actually think is true. But I think that phrase needs to be changed that writing a book is actually hard and then marketing and selling it is even harder. It's all hard. Because it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's all hard, by the way. Yeah. And then if you're busy, right? I mean, we're caretaking children or parents, or you have a full-time job, or as has been true for me in these past two years, you're just creatively uninspired. You know, if all of those reasons would be good reasons to hire a book coach. Yeah. It's interesting because when you mention accountability, it's a, it's interesting to me because Chris Beatty, the founder of NaNoWriMo said that NaNoWriMo's goal and deadline approach is like a creative midwife. And I think of NaNoWriMo being a type of creative midwife itself as well um, for accountability reasons and other reasons. And Yeah. So I end up using that metaphor all the time. And I'm thinking about this because book coaches are also often described as doulas or midwives, uh, but perhaps in a different way. So I'm, I'm curious what your take is on that metaphor, Brooke. 
Yeah, it's funny because I liked that metaphor a lot less before I had a child. I don't know why. I mean, it maybe is because I'm a mom or because I have had more experience with authors for whom that creative process is maybe on par with that kind of experience. You know, the metaphor of book is baby and therefore book coaches doula, it's widely used and clearly it resonates with people on the level of like time, energy, commitment. Uh, and I do understand the concept too of how people feel pregnant with an idea mm -hmm. uh, and how the creative process is a lot like birthing something. But I, it's a caveat I have to say, because in one of my books, I think it was green light your book. I actually kind of took that metaphor to task, but I, that's also, you know, just things make sense to us in different ways throughout our lives, which is why revision is a thing. Mm -hmm. Well, Brooke, you're also a book coach yourself. I won't call you a book midwife. Thank um, <laughs> you. I'm not going to change my title. <laughs> good, good. Um, but I, I, I don't know if listeners have ever heard the story of how that came to be because you've worked, you know, you've worked in publishing your whole career. But how did or does book coaching dovetail with your work as an editor, especially since you came from traditional publishing originally? Yeah, I got into coaching around 2007. And that happened because I had a friend who was an agent. So we knew each other through the world of Seal Press. And uh, my salary was not very sustainable for the Bay Area at the time, which is true of basically all publishing. You know, it's like publishing is in Chicago, New York, and the Bay Area. It's so expensive and the salaries are so low for people who come in and kind of stay low through mid-level. So I was always stressed about money. I'm sure I told her that or we were kvetching about it or who knows what. But she said to me, you realize that the work that you do as an editor is essentially the same as coaching and you should coach on the side. Hmm. And I had never even considered it. You know, I earned money on the side prior to that, always being a waitress uh, but at that point in 2007, I was 31 and I just didn't want to keep waitressing forever. So I, I, took it on and it was pretty organic. Uh, you know, I had the luxury, of course, of being associated with Seal Press. So as soon as I put out the word, I got clients pretty easily and pretty regularly. And it was a juggle. Like I can remember arriving at the office a lot of mornings back then at like 7am or 8am before starting my regular job at 9am because I was trying to moonlight and pack some stuff in, you know, and at that time, I have to say it was a huge game changer. I mean, if I hadn't started coaching, I probably never would have started She Writes in some ways mm. because it was the coaching that opened my eyes to this whole realm of authors who d were not even considering uh, traditional publishing at all. They were foregoing it. They weren't interested in it. And I had such a myopic view of the publishing industry back then that I couldn't even imagine there were people who didn't want to traditionally publish. And so, you know, all the while I'm in the middle of this sea change that was happening in the industry. Uh, but, you know, the long and the short of it is that I've been coaching ever since and I still coach, you know, I don't take on a very big client load, but I do love the work. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm, I'm curious to go just one step further um, before we get to Jenny, um, since her work overlaps with yours in a lot of ways, including the fact that you actually partner with her author accelerator program for She Writes and Spark Press authors. And so I'm curious, how does that work? Yeah, well, so we have a submissions process, which is detailed on our website. 
And we have different tiers that we track authors on as a way to silo them, so to speak, into different tracks. So on first review of the submission, authors can be put on the publishing track or the coaching track. And if they're put on the publishing path, then they pass through to a second in-house review of their work. But if they get placed on the coaching track, then we encourage them. And of course, it's not required, right? It's just an option to work with Author Accelerator. And so what Author Accelerator does for us is they provide us with a form that the Author Accelerator team then matches. So it's like a matching system to partner are would-be authors with one of their coaches. And then after their work is done, then the author can resubmit to She Writes Press again, uh, and we will waive the sort of formal submissions process for those writers. So it feels like a good process, a fair process. And, you know, above all else, I've been really, really impressed with the quality and the caliber of the Author Accelerator coaches. So it's really been a win-win. Yeah, what an interesting resource, both for you as publisher and for authors who are developing their book or need to go that extra leg. Yeah, it has been amazing. And that's why I was so excited to bring Jenny on today. Yeah, well, I'm, I look forward to diving deeper into all this with Jenny. And I think this is going to be an interesting topic for our listeners to think about whether they need a book coach or not, and how a coach might help them deliver their book. Yes, did you notice, Brooke, that I used the midwife metaphor deliver? <laughs> well, done. <laughs> just, well done. Just so you know. Okay, good. Noted. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this catchy tune. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so pleased to have Jenny Nash with us today. Jenny is the creator of the book coach certification program at Author Accelerator and has taught hundreds of book coaches and thousands of writers how to use the blueprint for a book system to help them produce their best work in the most efficient way. She's the author of Blueprint for a Book, Build Your Novel from the Inside Out, Read Books All Day and Get Paid for It, The Business of Book Coaching, and eight other books, including a new book that we're going to ask you about today. So congratulations and welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, we sort of can't believe this, but we're nearly four years into the show and we've never done an episode about book coaching. So thank God you're available <laughs> to discuss this topic. I wanted to note you're pretty much the rock star uh, in the coaching world. And for people who don't know who you are, or what you're doing, you're codifying and putting standards into this space. And that's really important work. So I wanted to start there and just ask you about the moment you realized that book coaching needed to have some better parameters around it, and if that was the inception of your Author Accelerator program? That's a big question. I did not start my business with that realization. I backed into it, and the how I backed into it was I was book coaching my own self, which is basically like having a personal trainer for your writing life. It's working with the writer while they write. So everybody knows what an editor does, which is working with the writing when the writing is finished. A book coach is, is in the creative process with the writer. And I was working as a book coach, and then I began a company that was bringing writers together with book coaches. And so I was training people how to do the work, and I was having them shadow me, and I was building processes and systems to make sure that they were doing a good job. And as you say, to codify what this work was and to put integrity around it and to 
put standards around it. And, and I inadvertently created a book coach training program that soon became more popular than the program I was offering writers. <laughs> so I pivoted my business <laughs> to focus solely on the training of, of book coaches. So Jenny, I remember when we first met and we were eating empanadas. Do I pronounce that right? Empanadas. Empanadas. <laughs> Let's practice. Uh, after our webcast with Creative Live, and you told me you got your start in the literary world as an author of novels, and you didn't just write novels. You were you were very really successful, and you had some bestsellers, and you published with the then big five or six. And I was amazed that you made a shift from writing novels, this thing that so many people dream about, uh, to book coaching. And so I was wondering if you could tell us more about that career shift and what was the event or events that led you to this other space in the industry. And do you have a secret novel you want to write? <laughs> um, I do remember that lunch. It was, a, it was a great day. The answer lies in an error in what you just said, which is I was never a best-selling writer. I was a mid-list writer. And that is the thing that a lot of people would like to be and are strive, striving to be, which is to have the the book deals at the big publishers and to, to have that kind of opportunity and platform. And I and I did have that. And the the midlist turns out not to be a great place to be because you're neither the newest, greatest debut, nor are you a solid backlist author, nor are you the top of the list that's getting all the attention and, and marketing money and such. You're, you're kind of in, in a, a backwater, you know, and I, and I could I try to get out of that. I tried to break through, as they say, to, to be a best-selling writer and I couldn't do it. And it was the not doing it that dovetailed with, so my writing career was kind of I use the word imploding. That's a little dramatic, but it was not going well at the same time that the book coaching was going well and people were seeking me out and my book coaching clients were doing better than I was doing. And I, I had a realization that I was actually better at book coaching than I was at writing my own self. And that the the act of helping somebody else through the work and providing a framework for them and, and guiding them and teaching them used more of my talents than writing myself. And so it wasn't a very hard decision to, to leave the writing behind and go towards this thing that was going better. And the, the question as to the question of, am I going to write an another novel at the moment? I'm, I'm going to go with no. Mm. I have so many things that I want to write to help writers and to help book coaches. And I just have a long list of content that I want to create. And none of it is at the moment calling me on the fiction side. Yeah. I think that signifies that you're moving in the right direction. And, uh, you know, most people listening probably get what a book coach does and probably even understand how a book coach to be helpful. But when you think about the very best coach writer or coach author experiences, what are some of the hallmarks of those? And I'm also wondering if someone can even get ahead of that, you know, when they're trying to hire someone great. Yeah, it's interesting because as you both know so well, the writing is really a lonely business. At the end of the day, we do it by ourselves and, and we do it in 
quiet. We're, we're very much alone in our own heads. And, and the things that bring people together around writing are powerful. Uh, I mean, communities like NaNoWriMo, for example, bringing hundreds of thousands of people together, doing the same thing, that, that energy and that power is, is so strong. And the, the coach-writer relationship taps into that collaborative energy. And, and by collaborative, I don't mean in any way, shape, or form that I'm doing the writing or I'm a partner in the writing. It's, it's the writer's work. And, and I'm just there to be a mirror and a backboard and a sounding board and uh, to hold space for what the writer is doing. And, and the richness of that relationship, it's, it's very relationship based. So it, it, it really becomes about the, the person, it becomes about the writer, not so much the writing. And so the best coach writer relationships are helping that writer to raise their voice and to claim their story and to take up space in the world that you need to put a book out. Kind of hits on so much of our work at NaNoWriMo and so much of what we do with this very podcast, which is why you're on it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm curious with all that that you just said, if you have ever worked with your own coach and if so, what did you learn from that experience, both as a writer and as a person who coaches writers? Oh my gosh. I just finished writing a book, which is my second blueprint book. It's blueprint for a nonfiction book. And this is so meta. I So I'm writing a book about writing a book and it's a framework that I have literally taught to, to hundreds of people who have in turn taught it to thousands. It's a material I know inside out. So I'm thinking in my own ego way, I don't need a book coach. I got this. I, mm-hmm. I know how to do this. I am uh, better than all the other people that I tell get a book coach, you know, like I, and I, and I went and I did the work and I wrote a manuscript and then I hired a book coach at the very end thinking, well, that just clean it up a little bit, you know, and um, make it tighten the screws down, so to speak. And I hired one of the book coaches who, who I trained and she did exactly what I trained her for, which is to say, you're doing this all wrong. There's major mistakes. You're not stepping into your power. Your reader is, is your sense of your readers confused. You need to start all over again. And, and I was, I just had to laugh because it's, you know, like, of course, that's what she's going to tell me when I, when I'm so sure that I don't, that I don't need that kind of help. And uh, I, I'm so grateful that she was honest and clear. And I, in fact, rewrote the book and I will never make that mistake again. It's, it's, it's not worth it. It's, it takes so much time and energy and frustration to go in the wrong direction and having, having somebody else provide perspective and clarity is, is just so important to getting it right. So that was, that was my experience, my recent experience with coaching, which was really funny. It's humbling too. (laughs) I know that experience very well where you're like, do I need this? But the difference for me is like, I realized pretty much one chapter into my book that I needed a coach rather than waiting till the end. So either way. Well, I think the, the impulse to 
not need help is very strong in writers because it's such a solitary endeavor. Mm. We, we tend to think, oh, the real writers don't get help or professional writers don't need all this support or it's not mine if I bring somebody else in or, you know, I won't be able to, to claim it wholly if I do this. You know, there's all of those voices exist when you're, when you're seeking help. I think humans in general, we're not very good at asking for help, but when you're pushed, pushed to it, you realize what a amazing thing it is to have somebody else care about what you're doing as much as you care your own self. Jenny, I'm going to loop back to something you said earlier. I'm very intrigued by your idea that since writing is such a solitary thing, a lot of writers are reluctant or don't know how to ask for help. And also, I think it's really interesting to think about that as a kind of cultural thing, or even you said as just a human nature kind of thing. And so before you came on, Brooke and I were talking about this topic, and I confessed I've never hired a coach because I prefer to work solo on my projects. And I'm sure you've heard people say this before. And I'm just curious what your response would be to people like me. Do you think there are people who don't need coaches or can everyone really benefit from one? Or do you think something's wrong with me? <laughs> um, well, I think I think that I um, am so biased toward book coaching at this point that it's hard for me to to answer honestly. But the thing that I would say is, I mean, I know in your case, for example, you're writing books, you're getting them out there, they're doing well, you're getting the outcome that you seek. And, you know, I always say to somebody, if it's working, you're fine, right? Do do what you're doing. If it's not working, and, and we all know what not working looks like, that means you can't finish a book. You know, you have a million ideas and you start them and you get stuck in the middle or you get close to the end and you get so tied up in perfectionism that you refuse to let it go or you finish books and you try to get them out there and they don't find a readership or they don't hit with the agent or publisher if that's the path you're seeking. You know, if there's evidence in the world that you're not, if you're not getting the goals that you want to get, then I say, okay, maybe now's the time to try something different. Maybe now's the time to work with somebody by your side to, to see what's going on and to see what might be happening and to see if there's a way to improve that. So, I mean, that's the, that's the honest answer that I would give, but the, the answer that I would give inside my role as an evangelist for book coaching is it's so much fun <laughs> to have somebody <laughs> paying attention to your work. It's just that experience of having somebody else. I mean, you're paying them to care about your work. And so many times writers make a mistake where they go to their partner or their mom. I see that one a lot. You know, here's this thing I'm writing or this project I'm working on. What do you think? And they're looking for something, right? They're looking for validation of some kind or honest feedback of some kind or, or something like that. And, and they just don't get it. They, cause those people are not creators or they're not invested in the, the work that you are doing in the same way. And, and that, that's when that loneliness can become frustrating. But it, I mean, in your case, it sounds like you have a process that you like and that works. And those two things to me would indicate that you're probably great doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. I'll pay you for that information. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'll send you a payment by PayPal if that's all right. 
<laughs> Venmo would be better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> publishing in general is such a confusing industry because it's so subjective. And I've worked with so many authors over the years who've gotten conflicting feedback, right? Like one thing from one coach, another thing from another, or later an agent or an editor might tell them the opposite of what their coach told them. And so I feel like authors can get spun around and upside down a little bit. So I'm curious how you handle the subjectivity piece of our industry and how can you prepare coaches I think specifically for that reality. I mean, authors too, but in that dynamic, it's kind of like both of them need to be prepared for it. Yeah, this is a really interesting question. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot because there's this dual thing going on with writers seeking help. And and the dual thing is they're seeking guidance from an external source, from an expert, from somebody who can show them the way and tell them what to do. And you know, I've just spoken about the power in that and that it's it, a lot of professionals in a lot of different capacities ask for help for, for in different things. So this is no different and this is all good. But on the other hand, and maybe this gets at a little bit what Grant was just saying too. On the other hand, writers have to trust their own self. They have to trust their own story. They have to trust their own judgment. They have to come to believe in what they're doing. and. So one of the things that I see, one of the dangers that I see is if a writer doesn't have that core belief or that core knowing, they'll bounce around and they they get a lot of different subjective uh, input from people and they're, they're sort of latching onto this and then they're latching onto that. I mean, sometimes I see manuscripts and it's like, what is this? This is such a mess. And the writer will say, well, so-and-so told me to do this and this other editor at this thing told me to do that. And then I went to a workshop and they told me this. And it's it's like writing by committee. Mm-hmm. And what's lacking in that situation is that writer's own own belief in what they're doing. So I what I am trying to teach coaches to do is not so much say, I have the way and I shall share it with you as to help the writer find their core. You know, is this the book you really want to write? I see you doing two different things here. You know, if they're writing fiction, I see you kind of writing a rom-com, but also kind of writing a mystery. Which one is it? You know, you need to choose. And if they say, well, I don't want to choose. I want to do this experimental genre busting thing. It's like, okay, great. Then let's, let's do that well. But it's, that's what I mean by reflecting back to the writer, what they're doing or being a mirror so that at the end of the day, what we want is for that writer to feel confident. And that's what I what I always say the outcome I seek is I want them to love what they're writing. I want them to see it. I want them to believe it. I want them to own it. And that's the that's the big win. Whatever happens in the marketplace, we can't actually control. But if I can help a writer write the book that they really want to write, that's that's the that's the whole thing. And it's harder than I think people imagine to get to that your own self to, to ask the right questions or to, to push yourself in such a way, you know, to define what you're doing. But the, so I'm, I'm always training coaches to, to be good listeners, to be good askers of questions. So to be curious, um, to be looking for what's not being said to, to look for the patterns and, and really try, you know, what I always say is lift your eyes off the page and look at the horizon 
of this project and, and don't just get mired in the words on the page, but what is this person really trying to do? I mean, I can give you one quick example. Uh, I worked with a client about three years ago. This person came to me and, and they, they did a evaluation type of package on a project and, and I was reading, well, actually they did my blueprint. So I was reading the blueprint answers and, and this person was talking about this project and honestly, they were practically saying that they hated it. They're like, well, I have to do this. Or so-and-so mm-hmm. told me that, that I really should for my career. And, you know, I guess, and it was just this full of kind of, um, angst. And, and I got on the phone with this writer and within the first two minutes of meeting them, I said, you know, I have to say, I don't think you really want to write this book. What, what's your reaction when I say that to you? And, um, this, this person began to cry and, and said, I don't want to write this book. It's like, then why are you, why are you even coming to me? Why are we even having this conversation? And, and it was what he was really looking for was to be released from this pressure that he should write this book. And, the ending to the story is just fabulous. I hope you can hear me smiling. But um, two years after that conversation, that writer came back to me and said, I know the book I want to write now. Will you help me write it? And, And I did. And it's magnificent. And it's clear. And it's powerful. And it's beautiful. And it's not the book that he came to me two years ago to write. So that's really what a book coach can do is help you know that you're writing the book you want to write. That's so great, Jenny. And I want listeners to know that, that I'm not sitting here in full self-confidence all the time <laughs> as a writer <laughs> who doesn't have a book coach. Caveat. I have all of those same dilemmas that you've talked about. And I've really related to the different ways that you, that you help writers and the phrase that you used earlier, like helping them step into their voice. I think that's how you put it. And I think every writer on the planet is always challenged by that at some point in writing a book. So um, I I would love to have the experience of a, of a book coach. So maybe I'll seek it out next time around. And you have a brand new book out uh, called Blueprint for a Nonfiction Book, Plan and Pitch Your Big Idea. And you previously wrote Blueprint for a Book, which was a book for novelists. And these books are you know clearly written to fill a need for authors. So I was wondering if you can talk about what the need is and some of the biggest pain points for writers that you see in your work with them. Well, the blueprint framework is the basis that we use to teach our coaches how to help writers. And it is a 14 step tool that in a perfect world, which I like to believe sometimes we live in, you would do before you start to write. And so these are foundational questions, not only about the the story or the argument itself. But I mean, the first question in both blueprints is why are you doing this? So it's getting at your goals and it's also asking questions about who are you doing it for? So that's to say, who is your reader and what, what does your reader want and what are they seeking? You know, when we, when we buy a book, there's, there's a reason we want something, we're looking for something. It might be entertainment. It might be escape. It might be education. It might be, solace. You know, there's so many reasons to come to a book. And if a writer can know why their reader might come to their book, even before they start to write, it's just going to give so much clarity and power to what they do. So the, the blueprint is designed to, the way I always put it is, 
to do the hardest parts of writing all at once and all at the beginning so that the other parts of writing can be more full of ease and, and go faster and go better. And the, the pain point that these, these books address is, I mean, I know I've spoken with Brooke about this before, so I know that she has this experience too. It is so painful to read a finished manuscript that somebody has worked so hard on and spent so much time and effort on and to instantly see what the flaws are. And we instantly see the flaws, not because we're so great, but because there's only really a certain few things that writers get wrong, right? There's patterns and, and they often get the same things wrong. And they're often not the things that are taught in the writing programs that, that they get wrong. And so the, the book was designed to help folks not make those mistakes and to try to solve for those problems even before they start to write. And I, I like to think that they are helping people do that. And they can also be used if somebody has started to write and they're stuck, they can be used as a, a sort of test, these 14 questions. Like, can I answer these questions? Can I answer them with, with clarity and confidence and know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and what the fundamental structures of this book are. And if I can, that's going to give me the assurance that I'm probably on the right track. I love that. And it's so valuable, Jenny. Thank you for the work you're doing. I do want to just put a plug out to anyone out there who's interested in becoming a book coach. That author accelerator is incredible. Grant and I talked ahead of time about the fact that we partner with you guys. I'm so pleased with your coaches. Uh, so obviously authors too, if you're looking for coaches, but I think there are a lot of people who want to become book coaches and you're just an incredible resource and really paving the way for that. So thanks for all you do. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thanks for having me. We will be right back with today's book trend. All right, Grant. So hybrid publishing is the trend today. And I am just owning this one straight out because it's been occupying a lot of my headspace in recent weeks. And we were just talking about the fact that hot sheet by Jane Friedman is a little industry insidery, uh, but you and I read it all the time. <laughs> I love it. We both love it. But there's a long report out last week from Jane called IMHO, so in my humble opinion, a nuanced look at hybrid publishers. And this came about as a result of a UK report called Is It a Steal? And that report was essentially taking hybrid to task, lumping hybrid together with any pay for publishing service and just saying it's all bad. Uh, so in these recent weeks, I had written a couple of defense pieces uh, and I had been in touch with Jane because I had a guest post on her blog and she and I had been talking uh, in large part because of this piece that she was putting together. Uh, it's been obsessing me a bit. So that's why I chose it. It's a bit of a personal trend, but it's a big one because hybrid publishing is, you know, it, it's in the news a lot and people are talking about it. Yeah, I totally get that, Brooke. And I read Jane's report and I thought it was a fair take. And that's what I like about her content. She's never, you know, overly, I don't know, hysterical. And she interviews all sides. And I appreciated that she offered a case study with real numbers from two of your She Writes Press authors who earned out and showed, you know, what they spent and what they earned. And that was particularly interesting. And and one, one thing that stands out to me is just the fact that hybrid, the term, has been co-opted. 
Um, and Jane wrote that the term has become meaningless as a result, since the only thing it reliably denotes is that author fees are involved. And, you know, I mean, that, does, <laughs> that doesn't, um, whatever, diminish a book, put it that way, um, or diminish the process. So I'm curious, what do you think about that? And is there anything to be done? Yeah, I have thoughts about it for sure. It definitely bothers me because I'm pretty sure I either coined the term or at least solidified it around the time when a bunch of us were coining it and talking about it. And I've spent a long time shaping what it means and giving the term legitimacy. Uh, And so that service providers and predatory businesses use it is frustrating because it definitely dilutes it. Um, And yeah, it does dilute it to the point of meaninglessness. Um, But we are stuck with it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at the very least, because it's been codified, it is coined, right? And so Mm -hmm. people know what it means. And to me, the fact that the subject of hybrid publishing has been so widely discussed lately is actually a good thing, because it will mean that more writers and authors are taking note of what it is versus what it is not. And for me, it's that education that's so important in this space uh, to give visibility and exposure and to encourage authors authors to do the research and to know what they're getting into. Absolutely. And I, I agree. Hybrid is here to stay, Brooke. And I mean, um, you know, She Writes Press is 10 this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's celebrate that. And a lot of gains have been made. And I hope our listeners will, will read Jane's report. I'm sure it'll get out there in the news beyond the hot sheet. And uh, we'll put it in the show notes. And, and we'll just note that that we as a show and as supporter of Brooks' work are pro-hybrid as, as long as those hybrids are reputable and transparent. So I think the key here is just to do your research as with any writing or publishing product or service. And also, I think the commentators sometimes forget that writers have goals that might be different than their expectations. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a really important point. And not to mention one of my authors said, you know, part of my ROI is actually the speaking engagements that I've been gotten as a result of, you know, being a published author, Mm -hmm. and I teach and I coach. So it's, that's a really important point. And as I was thinking about this, it's like, it's incumbent on the author, of course, to stay clear eyed and to stay in charge of their own publishing experience. And so again, it's, there's a lot of information out there and I do appreciate that there are trusted resources and that the conversation is happening. Yeah, definitely. And we want to urge everyone to stay clear eyed and in charge of your writing as well. And we will be here every week with that very goal in mind. So please keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform and please spread the word to your writing friends so that you can continue the conversation beyond your earbuds. We'll see you next week.